0: the current Thrive podcast episode 130 when your hobby should stay a hobby with amanda adams do you want to grow a thriving profitable handmade business my name is jess van den and i'm here to help you do just that i took my own handmade business full-time in 2010 and since 2013 i've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses so are you ready to thrive let's get learning Hey drivers! welcome to the show, Jessia. I'm back home in my lovely office after driving back from Canberra last week and I spent some time there with my dear friend Amanda Adams who is actually my guest on the show today. Now Amanda has an amazing blog called Bimble and Pimble, she's a sewist, she's been sewing for years. And she, I think she's made most of her own wardrobe and she has a very engaging and amusing writing style, which has made her blog pretty popular. And she also runs a yearly sewing challenge, BP Sovember, which is currently running as I record this. And that's been going for a few years and gets thousands of people participating as well, but she doesn't earn a dime from this. It's actually just her hobby, not a business. And not only that, she doesn't want it to be her business. She has a good full-time job that you know, provides all the income she needs. And for her, it's just something fun to do. So I wanted to get her on the show to talk about this very thing. What about when your hobby should just stay a hobby? How do you know that your hobby should just stay a hobby rather than becoming a business? Or if you started to, to turn your hobby into a business and you're really not quite sure Maybe this episode will help you. Uh, we talk a lot about you know, the pros and cons of having a successful hobby or just a hobby in general versus turning it into a business. And Amanda shares her reasons for why she has never considered turning Bimble & Pimble into a full-time business business. Now, before we dive into that episode, I just wanted to remind you, this is the final new episode for 2017. Uh, I'm going to be running a summer series, best of episodes until the end of December. So I'm going to highlight the best episodes, the most popular and the most informative episodes of the podcast from 2017 over the coming weeks. It'll be a really good opportunity uh, for anyone who hasn't been around for very long to kind of get a feeling for some really awesome useful content and of course for those of you who have been around a while hopefully it'll refresh your memory and give you a chance to have a second listen to some of the most useful episodes from the year especially while you're busy in the background (laughs) getting ready for all your Christmas and holiday orders. So I will be back live again in January until then enjoy The rest of November and December, have a wonderful holiday season, enjoy the best of summer series, and I'll see you in January. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Hello, thank you for having me. It's awesome to have you. I'm so excited to talk about this because it's something that so many people, I think, struggle with uh, when they are considering that transition from having a hobby, just a creative hobby that they love, and they start thinking, oh, well, maybe I should start selling some stuff and making a little bit of money out of it. But sometimes that's not necessarily the best idea. So, we're going to talk a little bit about that today because you are in that position yourself. Yes, yes. So, would you mind just telling everybody a little bit about your creative hobby? Sure. So, uh, I, in my
1: spare time, uh, sew so clothing generally, clothes, um, and yeah, I have a lot of fun doing it. So, I also run a blog and an Instagram, all non for
0: profit just lots of fun (laughs) and you do a wonderful job of it as well um I've you know over the years uh I've known you for a very long time and obviously me being me when uh Amanda kind of really got into it I was like so are you ever going to sell stuff and she was like, heck no, <laughs> hard pass, hard pass, no sewing here, thank you. <laughs> so, let's talk a bit about why that is and why, not only why you decided to go that way, but why other people might decide to make that choice to just keep their hobby a hobby. So, what's one of the first reasons why that may be the case? Uh, okay, so for me, sewing
1: is my getaway. It's what I do to just relax and enjoy. So, I tend to... Um, I've got pretty full-on jobs and while I love my job I love being able to come home and switch off it's one of the few times my brain does not engage with the to-do list and it's just enjoyable and the idea of having to take something I love and turn it into something that I've got deadlines that I've got money and I've got to think about how much time I spend on things
0: to me that just would take away the fun and I'm all about fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a really big problem people come up against when they decide to start a business is they realize, <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people realize in the beginning, how much time will be taken away from the creative stuff, because you have to then switch and devote it to the business stuff. And I often say, and I I usually get some open mouths when I say this in live talks, but for the first year or two, you actually end up like spending something like 80% of your time on the non-creative stuff when you're trying to get a business off the ground, because there is just so much to learn, so much to build, you know, you've got to build your website and your online presence and your social media and, and, you know, you've done a lot of that stuff, but you've done it for fun because there's been no pressure. Exactly. So the the thing I guess I really want
1: to avoid is starting to loathe what I love. Um, I... I love sewing. I love making things. I love taking bits of fabric and turning it into something fabulous. But the idea of, once again, having to have that time shortened so I can then focus on building a business, it, it just doesn't, it's not something that really appeals to me. Like, there are some people who love that aspect of mm. working out, you know, investment and marketing and photography and tags and listings
0: just doesn't jam for me, I'm afraid. No. And I think that's really important to realize that if you are going to start a business, you actually have to enjoy the business side of things. I think it's really, really vital that you actually get some sort of enjoyment out of the marketing and the, you know, the building a website or, and some people really like me, you know, I love doing that stuff and I used to do it for other people because I enjoyed it so much. But some people just absolutely hate it, <laughs> and they unfortunately some people don't realise that till late, too, well not too late, but until they've already started and really devoted a lot of time and effort to the business side of things. Mm. Yeah, it's it's something that look I do a little virtual
1: assistant work. I do <laughs> you know I do enjoy that kind of stuff, but to me I I don't know. There's just something about the de- the deadlines. Mm. You know, it's. It's and
0: just not about a, doing for other people as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like helping other people. And I think that's something I really enjoy with the sewing community because I do a lot of work building communities. So mm-hmm. building face-to-face meeting uh, meet groups and building an online sewing community. But all of a sudden... So, look, I guess over the years I've been approached, especially with November, about sponsorships um, and have been approached by um, different companies wanting to work with me, promote their goods. And, look, I... It just It's not something that works for me because I'm just worried about being accountable to somebody else. Um, Things happen in my life. My time is precious. And, you know, if something comes up, um, something with my health or something with my job or I'm just not feeling it, all of a sudden that, that pressure moves from me just not getting a blog post out or doesn't matter to... Um, not being able to deliver something where I've signed a contract,
0: and that just freaks me out really badly. Yeah, and I think there's also a difference when you're making for yourself, which is what you do. Pretty, I mean, you yep. make some beautiful things for other people, but it's very rare. Very rare. <laughs> I'm the I'm the lovely recipient, lucky yeah. recipient of a yeah. few of those pieces. That was a trial period, I have to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Once in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. But if you were to turn it into a business, that would be what you would be doing with all of your time. You wouldn't be making for you anymore. You'd be making for other people.
1: Yeah. And, look, my time is precious. Um, and I guess I what I see my hourly rate as being worth and what I could charge, they, That you know, if I was making something, it doesn't add up. Like. I know there's a lot of wonderful people who work with fabrics out there who are going to hear this and go, I totally understand. Fabric is not cheap, good fabric. Mm. And if I was to turn sewing to a business, you know, if I went into the making side rather than the design or the drafting side, which doesn't really, that doesn't engage me at all, but that's Mm. where the market gap is, um, I, you know, I couldn't get, I couldn't make a suitable profit for my time Mm. at a rate I think is fair.
0: Yeah. And I think it's really, you know, those of us in the handmade industry, when we go to, you know, a a market or something and see beautiful handmade clothes and they're worth hundreds of dollars, we can understand why they're worth hundreds of dollars because it takes so much time and effort. And like you said, fabric is not cheap.
1: Yeah. But then, you know, people go to Zara or Kmart or Topshop and (laughs) like, I just got this awesome thing and it cost me $12 and I'm like, oh my goodness, that just doesn't reflect... The cost of materials, the cost of labour, the cost of distribution Mm -hmm. at all. And I guess circling back, um, you know, talking about needs and gaps in the market, you know, there's so many beautiful clothing manufacturers out there. That's not, I I, I don't see a niche need there that I could service. Mm -hmm. But in sewing, there's always like designers and drafters and beautiful um, stores that there could be niches there. But I'm just not interested.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, do you think, just to segue slightly, do you think in the future there would ever be a time where you would have a creative hobby, maybe selling, maybe not, maybe something else, <laughs> that you would want to turn it into a business?
1: Um, look, possibly. Um, I. It's a bit of a mixed bag. I love the idea of being self-employed. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. And this is where the trap is because I think of, do I want to turn a hobby into a business? How awesome does that sound? But then it's that kind of reality check of, Mm. well, actually, you're going to be doing more business than hobby, and then that hobby stops being your hobby. (laughs) So it's this weird thing, like, I love the idea, I love the concept of being involved in something far more creative than my day-to-day job, but will that squash the love? You know, Mm -hmm. it's almost like, as you said, you need to pick up a new hobby and love that, and then your old hobby becomes your job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it really does. Yeah, you know, it, it does become your job, and I know we've talked about that, but I just want to stress that <laughs> that yep. even though it's an awesome job, uh, it becomes something you have to do rather than something you really just exactly.
1: want to do. And you know, there's some Saturday mornings where I get up, get up early, and it's like six a.m., and I'm like, "Gonna make oh, some morning people. <laughs> I know, I'm living my best life. I put on my little Spotify and I do a little cheeky sewing. Like that's lovely, but having to get up
0: and deliver it just. <laughs> you get enough of that in your day job.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, yes. and and you are at the point in your life where your day job is working for you yeah. and you enjoy it, so yeah. it's not something you want to necessarily get away yeah. from at this point in time. At this point, the mic is not being dropped. Yet. No, that's it. And so f- for you, it makes sense to keep it as a hobby, so it is yeah. that, that thing you love. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think you're an interesting example because you don't just do it for yourself in that Mm. you do do all the community building and the, you know, you wrote run the Sovember um, challenge and all of that sort of stuff. So you are really, you know, out there in the community as well. Yes. And being part of that. I mean, do you see people, uh, one, do you get enjoyment out of that aspect Mm -hmm. of it? And two, kind of, do you see other people who are doing a really successful job of making sewing their careers?
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, Look, I guess there's kind of two things. I'm very heavily involved, and I guess, could I say, one of the founding members um, <laughs> of the Canberra Sewing Crew. So, an awesome bunch of rad, mostly lady types, um, who get together to sew. So, that's re- like we catch up once a month, we have events, we do that kind of business. And then BP Sovember is an online photo challenge held each November, um, and it's like a photo a day thing. I get about 20,000 um, entries each year, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. I love doing this. Um, it's my personality type. I'm very much a community builder, an extrovert. I love nothing more than drawing people together. But I'm going to be completely frank. There are some times when I've got other stuff going on in my life and it just it can be tiring sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm amazing with the sewing crew. There's this rad group of ladies who are really happy to help out and cover. I've had some really bad health issues this year mm-hmm. and haven't been able to make a lot of the meetings. And... Um, You know, just simple things like unlocking a room or putting an (laughs) ad up. And these guys have been able to help. Mm. So it's this weird thing where I love doing it. And for me as an extrovert, it powers me up. Um, But, you know, sometimes it is like, oh, man, I want to have to put together like a cool design and send it out. (laughs) Um, Which makes me sound ungrateful because I love doing it. But And I wouldn't do it if, because I'm not getting paid, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. But, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, it's like anything. If you've got a deadline or maybe Mm. it's just my personality. But if I've got a deadline, sometimes I'm just like, yeah. I don't
0: want to. You're a rebel.
1: Well, I'm an obliger. We're talking Gretchen Rubin. I'm a total obliger, but I'm an obliger rebel. Um, I've done my quiz. I've done my quiz. But it's my Hufflepuff goods, I tell you. Um, But also, I guess, talking about people who have made careers out of sewing. Mm. Now, I've been sewing for about six years, and it's been amazing to watch... Um, the rise, I guess, I started, came in as blogs, kind of 20, 2008 to 2010 and 2011. Blogs were really starting to boom in sewing. Um But what's been really interesting over the last few years, there was, like, one or two indie pattern companies, and now Mm -hmm. there's just truckloads of them. Yeah. Um, And there's also, um, like, online courses and people setting up amazing boutique fabric stores. Like, there's definitely, in my field, sewing, there's that niche and that businesses that I'm seeing being filled. But it's a hard slog, and it's a crowded market. And there's also expertise and skill sets, like mm. pattern drafting. I, I've, I've gone and done TAFE courses and certificates and that. That is hard, yo. Like, <laughs> you need to have a real professional background there. Yeah. Um, so it, there, there is quite a boom in sewing, but... Whew.
0: I mean, do you see a lot of people making a living just from selling the stuff they sew? Or are people diversifying the big growth area i see are patterns okay patterns rather than uh there's a few like there
1: are a number of people who sell stuff they sew that i've seen um there's one woman in particular i'm thinking of in queensland who's doing an amazing job of that Mm -hmm. and she gets um she's got a real rock kind of rockabilly vibe or Mm -hmm. just kind of like funky retro vibe gets the fabric from spoonflower like really carefully curates and puts top dollar price on that and she's from on, Once again, remember, it's that thing from perfection on the outside. Like, yeah. I'm looking at on the outside looking in. She looks like she's doing very well. Uh, but generally, it's people, yeah, patterns and fabric mm. stores, less so much the actual sewing. Yeah. Unless, you, you know, you get to something like um, Elizabeth Suzanne, who's in America, but she now has people working for yes. her. That kind of business. Like, it's a label that's boomed. Mm-hmm. And what's been interesting is um, there is a a woman in Chicago, I believe, who started selling a very boutique line of um, clothing that she sewed herself Mm -hmm. and has actually, actually, no, and then a woman in Australia who's done that, who has turned that into patterns and their business is now patterns.
0: Right, so they've made that transition. Transition, Yes. And I think that's, you know, being aware in the handmade industry of your particular niche and, you know, is it the best idea to be selling the actual product or are there ways to sell other things related to the product, like education or patterns? You know, and I know a lot of people who make bags and stuff and they sell patterns for that because it is a great way to engage fellow crafters and make a profit out of it as well. And another thing I think people should consider, if they are like you and they love what they do, uh, but they don't want to take on the responsibility perhaps of having a business, if you're kind of on the fence about that. One thing to consider would be going to business with somebody else. So working with somebody, either someone who will do the businessy stuff or someone who makes similar stuff to you and sharing that load a little bit. Like there are some people who go kind of combine their, their skill sets and go into business together and have a small boutique or something like that. So, you know, if everything Amanda's saying kind of rings true with you there, there's, Op- there are options, like there are kind of mm. s- segue options if you want to kind of experiment with it. Uh, and I think it's really, you know, remember if you try it and it doesn't work out, that's okay. As in, if you you love it, your hobby and you want to try making it a business, give it a give it a crack. But you know, just go in with eyes wide open and realize that it's hard work, and realize that you may realise that you don't want to continue that and you just want to take it back and give yourself permission to do that. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah. I think it's important to, you know, work out what is something that you've spoken about often. What are your values? What does it boil down to? If you value your free time, if you value um, uh, minimising stress, is this the right path for you? And at this point in my life, I can see new no.
0: <laughs> hard pass yeah definitely and if you you know if you're sort of in that position where you do this thing a little bit and you've got a little bit of spare time really do consider strongly if you just want to go get a part-time job somewhere that you can go do the work earn the money and come home and then just indulge in your hobby and enjoy it or whether you love it so much and you value your freedom and control over your time so much that you're willing to give it a go. And I think, you know, for me, one of the reasons that, you know, I continue to do what I do and have Ethereal as my business and, you know, it's been nine years now I've been been running that business. And, you know, it's as someone who's been in business that long, yeah, sometimes it just feels like work. And but you know what? If I wasn't doing that, what else would I be doing? That's the question I always ask myself. And so I, that kind of makes me look at things in a different way. And I'm also at the I'm also at the point where my business is sustainable and it is um, it kind of rolls by itself almost. Mm. Like I still have to work at it, obviously. But you do reach a point when you've been in business a while where things get easier. Like the business side of things take up a lot less time mm. because you've built a brand, you've built a customer base. So another important element of this process is realizing that the first few years are the hardest. They really are. And the first few years are the years where you have to spend all your time investing in yourself and your business, both, um, you know, physically buying you know products, materials, but also investing in your own education and in the time to build up your, your online presence and, and maybe, you know, getting your work out into the world as well. So If that, you know, you've got to realise that that doesn't last forever and it does get easier as well.
1: Yeah, and it's, look, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, neg-neg-negging on, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, turning a hobby into a a business because, look, I guess you asked this before, but as I'm sitting here contemplating, I'm like, part of me is like, oh, man, like, I could totally knock out some pouches and just for a bit of (laughs) extra cash at the Christmas store they have at work each year, you know, but... I think there's, you know, what's really exciting is when I see people who have hobbies and skills and they're doing amazing things and see them change that to a business, mm-hmm.
0: but it's not, it's a hard slog. Yeah, it really is. And you have to really consider if it's for you or not. And it's yeah. okay if it's not, you know, we don't all, I think there's this real push out in the world and I won't deny I'm part of that push in a lot of ways but that you you know this idea that you have to be doing something you love or you have to turn your your passion into a business you don't have to you know there's there's no rule book saying that oh there's this thing I love I need to work out monetize how to yeah monetize right it's a huge thing and I even catch myself doing it. Like, you know, I've already got a couple of businesses and have been through a couple of other businesses. And it's sort of my brain, whenever I start a new hobby or something Mm -hmm. I enjoy, yeah, see, she knows, my brain just goes to, how can I turn this into a business? How can I make money out of this? And sometimes I have to pull myself back and realize, you know what, I don't actually want to do that. I just want to do this thing I enjoy because I enjoy it. Exactly. And I... That's – what a wonderful thing.
1: Um, I I think of – if you haven't seen Parks and Rec, um, this is going to go completely over you, but there's a character in Parks and Rec, which is uh, the best show ever, Um, and – Jerry uh, has this amazing he gets picked on at work, he just turns up, he does the bare minimum at work and he goes home. But then yeah, you find out later he's got this amazing, rich, fulfilling home life full of he, he paints and he's got a, a family he loves and he adores, and they actually cover this at the end, and he's like, "I made this choice. I made this choice to just come in and do what I needed to do so I could really have an enriching time away from work. To me, sewings that enriching time I needed.
0: Yeah, and so for you, that's the right decision. And for a lot of you listening who are in that place of questioning, do I really want to do this? Maybe you don't. And that's okay. But if you do, that's also okay. Yeah, it is. Total Hufflepuff. I'm here to support you. If you want to go into business, I will personally cheer. Go team! (laughs) Yeah, and this is, the you know, nobody can tell you the answer unfortunately (laughs) if you're waiting for someone to come up to you and go yes you should turn this into a business or no you should keep it as a hobby i'm afraid there is no one who will give you that answer because you are the only one who knows if it's the right thing for you and your life and your circumstances and your family and you know sitting down and really thinking about it is really important rather than just diving into it and then realizing oh no, actually, <laughs> I didn't want to do that after all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, here I am giving you permission to do either thing. It just comes down to your core values. What, what are the things you really value? What do you value about your time? Where do you see your life going? How do you want to be spending your time? What works for your family situation now? And, hey, just because you make the decision now to keep it as a hobby doesn't mean you don't want to change your mind in, I don't know, a year's time five years time 10 years time maybe this is one thing um you know i've done my yoga teacher training last year and i kind of thought hey could i make some money out of this obviously as you do and can i I
1: point out (coughs) i did shake my head very strongly when this was first raised
0: yes yes keep a hobby a hobby sister amanda keeps it real for me um but you know what i actually thought about and realized is you know maybe i do but not now maybe one day it'd be really nice retirement job for me or retirement business. You know, once I've, I've finished what I'm doing in my life now, maybe it could be something I might do in the future and maybe not. Who knows? But the possibilities there, but for now it's just something I love to do for myself. And that's great.
1: And that's a good thing. It's, it's, it's important to have things you do just for the sake of doing them.
0: Yeah, it really is because we need that downtime. And as creative people, If we push ourselves to turn all of our creativity into profit, you know, you really aren't making for you anymore. You have to realize that you stop making for you and you start making for your customers. And that will fundamentally change your relationship with the thing you are creating because you're not you can't you don't just have the freedom anymore to just do whatever you want, whatever you want. Frankly, you know, you have to start thinking about, oh, who's my ideal customer and how how can I make this item profitable to actually sell so that I can actually make money out of it. But when you're doing it for yourself, you don't have to worry about that. And you can make a ridiculously expensive and time consuming kimono for your friend because you love her.
1: Yep. As I said, (laughs) one off. (laughs) And this, folks, is why I do not serve for money because that would
0: have cost $9 billion. (laughs) I would have happily paid that. That is my favourite piece of clothing ever. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Amanda, and talking about this. I think it's a really important thing for people to think about, and I hope that after this episode it gives them a little bit of a, I guess a little bit of food for thought on whether hobby or business is the right direction for them.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, and good luck to all of you fantastic hobby people and all you fantastic business people. I'm cheering for you. Yay! Yay!
0: Thanks again to Amanda for coming on the show and sharing her thoughts on her wonderful hobby. Now, I would love to hear from you. What has been your favorite episode of the podcast in 2017? And or do you have someone that you would absolutely love me to interview in 2018? If so, please let me know. Come on over to the Create and Thrive Facebook page and drop me a message over there letting me know which has been your favorite episode of the year and or who you would love to hear me talk to on the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful year for the rest of it. Not that there's much left and that you start off 2018 with a bang. Now, if you want to join us in the Thriver Circle, just a reminder that that will be opening again in early January. And we're actually going to be kicking off with something pretty exciting. The Handmade Business Bootcamp is back in January 2018. It's a three-week bootcamp lesson every day series that'll help you really kickstart your year right from the get-go so if you're interested in joining me and all of the other Thrive Circle members for that make sure to keep your eyes peeled for the Thrive Circle membership opening in early January I hope to see you there bye-bye for now